Beth saved the day. I was, I was, I, but she had, she had good reason to, she's come, she, I, so 138, I, I knew the request was in for 138, and then I didn't see her, I thought, well, now what, now what? So, uh, Psalm 138, that was the, we're, and so the rest of you, we've got about, uh, I think I have two more requests, Pastor Ganey, do you have any more? Do you have any more requests from anybody? So I got, I got two more, I got two more after this, but if you want to do a particular psalm, um, can you give it to us, be giving it to us so that we can, uh, it takes a little time to prep them up a little bit, so, I mean, we can always do stuff on the fly, but it'll never be quite as good, so uh, take a look. So 138. Now, um, let's re- have a read through one time, and then... Uh, now, especially in the first verse, you're probably going to have a little bit of a different translation. I'll be curious what, what yours says. So pay attention, especially in the first verse. I actually think it's maybe a place where some of your translations are better than mine. Because um, I'm going from the New English because it's fun. But uh, it's fun. I think it was one, one review said that it's a bit quirky. So sometimes it is. All right, 138. <clears throat> I will praise thee, O Lord, with all my heart. Boldly, O God, will I sing psalms to thee. I will bow down towards thy holy temple. For thy love and faithfulness, I will praise thy name. For thou hast made thy promise wide as the heavens. When I called to thee, thou didst answer me, and make me bold and valiant-hearted. Let all the kings of the earth praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words thou hast spoken. And let them sing of the Lord's ways, for great is the glory of the Lord. For the Lord, high as he is, cares for the lowly, and from afar he humbles the proud. Though I walk among foes, thou dost preserve my life, exerting thy power against the rage of my enemies. And with thy right hand thou savest me. The Lord will accomplish his purpose for me. Thy true love, O Lord, endures forever. Leave not thy work unfinished. There you go. Don't you always feel like you'd rather be in that room than this room? That's the room where it's all going on. Let him go. No, 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 no. Don't, don't. Really, you'll spoil the, the, think of the joy that's going on in there right now. The, nobody's crying and we haven't heard any crash. I, 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 would, <coughs> I would just let him go. There's not, nothing's broken yet. Exactly, let them go. Come on. They're, they're, well, there's, how many boys are in? There's got to be five boys at least in there. Three boys, five, four boys, five boys? Come on, that's relatively quiet for four or five boys in there, isn't it? Let them go. It's all good. Good. Oh, yeah, so hold that. That's really good. Is yours in quotations? Little gods. Little gods. Well, first... Do you want to say anything about it while you like it? You don't have to say anything. I just want to give you first run. That's about eight or something, right? All right, good. Three, yeah, okay, that's right. So make me bold and valiant-hearted. Okay, so we'll hold on to that. So, so Beth likes it because of, of the plea for boldness at times we're not bold. So that's good. Anything else? I'm, only, I'm not putting the press on you. I'm just saying kind of what caught your eye. Well, real life, Kirby. Real life is like strange you sometimes. Make sure you get it done. <laughs> All right. So, so you got. I, and by the way, partly there are people who listen online, and we've been. They've asked us, wouldn't we please repeat your questions, and wouldn't we please repeat some of your comments? It'd be more fun if we gave you a microphone so you were on the record. But. Uh, so if I repeat, it's not because I've lost my mind. It's simply because we have people actually who listen who can't come who listen and, have, and sent me some email and said, hey, would we do that? So, so the question is why so, or the, the statement would be why so uh, joyful at the beginning and then toward the end saying, hey, watch out. So, all right, anything else? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty good, isn't it? He will perfect that which concerneth thee. Is that the last verse, probably? Finish your business. You can bring it. Yeah, sure. 
If you, want to, if you want to go on record with the microphone, the vicar has it now. He's a handsome man in a bow tie, don't you think? Here's the problem with the vic wearing a bow tie. Okay? Now I can't wear one. Uh, I can't wear one because then people say, you got that from the vic. I have bow ties at home. One of the things at Cambridge you had to do was learn to tie your bow tie. So you had to wear your school bow tie when you were up. But it's, you know, it's sort of, uh, you're a good looking man. Oh, I wear them around the house. I'm cleaning, <laughs> vacuuming. Okay. All right. So here we go. All right. So, all right. So we'll, we want to, you know, uh, good. We're midway through. We've got some good stuff at the end. We've got some good stuff too. Let's start at the beginning. Does anybody else, we've got to do something with these little gods. Does this actually say little gods or just gods? In quotation marks. Hey, do you have Bible works up there, big boy? I know. I'm, I'm going from memory. Will you just check that word? Because it's um, in verse one. What do you want to do? We got a different question. No talking in class, kids. All right, so if you pull up Bible, Bible works, it won't be in the Hebrew. It'll be in the Greek alternate. I'm thinking it's the word for angels. It'll be 137 in there because they go by the other numbering. No, no, if you're, in, you're at 138. You're right. In that program he's pulling up, it'll be the other numbering, I think. Yeah, so that's, that's one interpretation, and that, that has moved in. Uh, I'm fairly certain. So, okay, so now just kind of think broadly. We've got to figure out uh, kind of what's happening here. So you know that there are, you know, uh, we love the text that we have. Over the years, there are sometimes, you, you know how this works. You, you know from history, you know, you have a text that's, you know, 1,000 years old and a text that's 2,000 years old, and you compare the text, and sometimes the words don't match, and that kind of, at the end of, you know, the whole last century was consumed by, if you have texts that don't match, how can you trust it? And, you know, what they forgot was how careful. So they, they <clears throat> I don't know if you have husbands like this. <clears throat> Why are you laughing? You don't even know what I'm going to say yet. Uh, I don't have anything to write with. Isn't that crazy? Hey, Tammy, could you get me a marker, please? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> Well, the whole last century was concerned about what we didn't get done rather than what we did get done. So uh, it was originally written in, in Hebrew, as you know, and then it was translated into Greek uh, by you know, Jewish scholars when Greek became the predominant language. So some, that's a good thing because you get some clarification. Thank you so very much. You get some clarification sometimes of what people mean. So you're right. Um, there is a, a thing. You can talk about it in one sense of being gods or the kings and the gods, uh, the gods re that represent the kings who inhabit the earth. I, I lean in a little, so that, that's a pro that can be a proper interpretation. I lean in kind of the other way. What do you got there? It, it is. This is. Which I would say, I, if I have to choose, if I, first, first is, um, I don't have it in my text, but things go back and forth. If I had to choose, I would probably choose, so this is what you do. I mean, as a pastor and as you read, you kind of have to say, okay, now well, how am I going to read this? We got a few extra words here. So it is, uh, and this is so new. Oh, holy cow. I've never seen anything like that. The good thing, I, I was going to say I can't get the top off, so I would have broken the top, but I tried to get it up. Look at that, isn't that great? Okay, so it is, uh, you'll help me with my spelling. Two L's? Two L's? Anglo? Is it this? So what's the plural ending in that text? It is O O N. So this can be, it's, you know, technically uh, means messenger. Uh, but then it's used, so it goes, it kind of goes messenger. Messenger. But then it also means angel. But then um, gods could be, you know, you could, you could have it in some stretch too, uh, if, in that sense, or kings. It's not impossible for that to be the reading too. I a little bit prefer this, angels, because of what comes next in the text. It's all about being in church. It's about being in heaven and about being in church. So how many of you in your text, how many of you have that? <laughs> that is so cool. You know what, if you'd get this for Halloween, look at this. Did I ever show you my 
Batman utility belt that I got at Sanford's basement, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, when I was about 11. If I did, I'd be a rich man. My kids go to college in that bad boy. <laughs> no, I don't, but, you know. I mean, who's better than Batman? All that stuff? You got a brother, and you throw that, like, bat wing thing, and the string wraps around. <laughs> oh, I tell you, that's better than when I hit David Wurr, and I was a bullet my aunt gave me from Phoenix. But that's another story, and it's been confessed a long time ago. It wasn't my fault. I was snapping Coke cans off the picnic table, like over there where that penny thing is. And he walked around the corner, and I just happened to miss at the same time. How could that be my fault? Is that the sort of thing you'd put a guy in juvenile detention for? I don't think so. You can't make a case much. <laughs> Stick to my story. I got who? You know, you're surprised you ever made it through childhood. But that's why whatever's happening in there, what did you do? She released a sleeping gas in there? What, I mean, what happened in there? <laughs> Come on. Yeah? Come have your Benadryl, children. Come have your Benadryl. It's the cold and flu season. <laughs> uh, I know. I, believe me. I, oh, boy. Oh, well. Okay, so one possibility is I'll praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Now, when you think of all your heart, what do you think about? What's, what, what, do you, what do you think about? What's in your heart? I mean, I don't mean it as a negative question. Just when you think about, I'll praise you, Lord, with all my heart. What are you trying to say? Then we'll see if that matches up with the Hebrews are trying to say. I'll praise you, Lord, with all my heart. When you say that, what do you mean? With all you've got going, that's good. You're a good Jew. Thank you very much. That's how they would talk. Yes, please. Yes, so it's with all your being, and it's the center of your being, and those are slightly different. So it's everything you've got, and then it's from... The dead best place, right? So it's the center. So it's like dead center. So they're trying to say um, it's the purest of pure things. Oh, <clears throat> it's everything I love. What? With everything I love, yes. With all the good stuff, as long, so long as you're loving the good stuff, right? So all the good stuff. Because we have to. I, what, what you haven't said, which I'm glad you haven't said, because it's not the spirit of the psalm, is. What Jesus said, out of, the, out of the heart proceeds all blah, blah, blah. So there's all that nasty stuff in your, psalm, in your heart too. But the psalmist isn't trying to go there. He's, what he's trying to say is, I mean, this is, a very happy, this is a very happy psalm, Beth brought us. I praise God with everything I've got, with the, with the, the best stuff that's in me, and, so, and all of it. So it's all pulling in the same direction. So I praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, with everything I've got. This is the full blast, my mind, my character, my disposition, my emotions, um, what it mean, whatever the full package is to be human, a redeemed human, a covenantal person, uh, a good Hebrew, a child of the covenant, whatever that is. Yeah, it's first commandment stuff. Way to go. Yeah, oh, it's all first commandment stuff. And so, yes, please. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> All right. Yeah, that's good. Well, and you do see, the, so that's actually great. So my answer, so the question is, can you, um, how are we going to translate this? Does it read well if we say little gods, or does it read well if we say angels? What do you say? I do too. Because um, the immediate, the next couple of verses are going to be about the temple or the holy place. And that goes really well with angels. And then there's those middle verses or toward the end that say that, that about everybody else who's sort of grinding me down. And that works really well too. So this is why, this is part of the reason why, you know, if you read around a little bit and you see that there might be some extra words, you don't have to lose sleep over something like that. There, it, it all kind of works out. There's very few places where you really, you really have to get nervous. So you can you can kind of read it either way, and I just encourage you. You can read it one way and another way. It's okay. Um, I'm kind of reading it, angels, because it's the nearer context. It's just it just goes with the rest of the verse, but it can be the other way too. But if you read it that way, think of this: I'll praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, with everything I've got. It's very happy, sort of boldly, O God, I will sing praise to thee. Um, now, the word for uh, praise, you'll often find, 
phrase is, is a fine meaning for this word. Um, in the Hebrew and also in the Greek, uh, this can mean uh, to promise, but it can also mean to confess, uh, and it can even be stretched to the point of confessing a sin. But you remember, we, you know, we've done this ad nauseum with you, I think, uh, at least I have if you've been new members or anything like this. <coughs> this uh, famous word in scripture, homo logeo, <coughs> Homo, you know, homo sapiens, means, you know what this is, right? What's that mean? Same, right? Same, homo sapien is the man part. Homo, and logeo, you know this because you go to the Logos bookstore, right? What does Logos mean? Word, thank you very much. So, <coughs> this works out very nicely because um, how do you know how do you know when your prayers are, how do you know you've prayed your best prayer? How do you know? Or how do you know your, I can ask this in different ways. I don't mean any of these ways to be threatening or judgmental. I just want, I, so I, want, I want you to think in a positive way, not in a negative way. How do you know when you've prayed your best prayer? Or how do you know that the Lord will hear your prayer? Or how do you know, let the words of my heart, and the medit let, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable uh, to you, O Lord, the famous Bob Marley song. Okay, no Bob Marley fans here. Okay, that's okay. We'll keep going. Uh, it is. What's the matter with you? It is. It just says it in the text. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. Uh, so, um, how do you know that that's, how do you know that the Lord's going to hear it? How can you have ultimate confidence? Yeah, when you say the same thing. So this is technically, it means same saying. Or when you say back to God what God has said to you. So God says to you, you're a great big sinner. And you say, I am a really big sinner. And then he says, I really love you. And you say, you really love me. And then he says, I died for you. And you say, you died for me. And then he says, um, I'm always there for you. And then he says, and then you say, you're always there for me. That's utterly, you, it's utterly sure because you're just saying what the Lord gave you to say. This is Pastor Ganey's <coughs> entire dissertation uh, in many ways. And it's, it's brilliantly done and forgotten, you know, that this is what the Lord does. So this can, you can read this as, I will confess to you, O Lord, or I will say back to you what you've said to me. Which then is, this is just a synonym for faith. How do you know when you believe something? Well, you believe it when you say it and you do it. So if the Lord says, say this, and you say it, you have faith. If the Lord says, believe this, and you believe it, you have faith. If the Lord says, do this, and you do it, you have faith. Now, of course, the opposite is true, too. But we're not dealing with the opposite right now. We're just dealing with the positive side. So how do you know you're doing the right thing when you do what Jesus asks you to do? How do you know you're saying the right thing when you say what Jesus asks you to say? How do you know you believe the right thing when you believe what Jesus asks you to believe? And that's all tied up in this word. And this is the, um, I think it's, I think it's X, homo legato, but I, I have to, I'm kind of working from memory with the text. But in any case, the root of this is, this is a very happy relationship because God has engaged and the psalmist is engaged back in exactly the same way. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? So, so often people worry about, how do I know I'm believing the right thing? How do, you know, how do I know I'm saying the right thing? How do I know I'm doing the right thing? The answer is, Augustine's answer, love God and do what you want. Which means, when you, do, when you love somebody, you do what they ask you to do, and you say what they ask you to say, and you believe what they ask you to believe, and everything's going to be okay. And look at how that's just bundled up, and this is why I read Angels because it's so much fun. I'm, honestly, I'm just reading it because it's fun that way. Because it says something like, I'm going to confess you, I'm going to praise you, I'm going to say what you say with all my heart. So I've got, this is full blast faith. I'm going to just do it boldly, oh God. Now, how can it be bold? The question answered itself, right? Why can you be so bold about it? Because, go ahead, be brave. Exactly, yeah. You go to the Eucharist, because Jesus is bold. 
you see. How can you be, how do you know you're right? You never know you're right unless you're saying what Jesus says. So Jesus is reliable, you're wobbly. So, okay, <laughs> right? Sorry, you don't want to be, well, should I go somewhere else? This whole table over here is wobbly. So, um, so, so the, the question is, and it's the wobbliness that makes you nervous, right? Because you don't, you're kind of like pulled. Did you watch The Office last night? See, you didn't, this, is, this was the wobbly part. That, that was the wobbly part, see? Wasn't the way of Jesus. Yeah, you need to, pretty much, you can pretty much teach any psalm from modern television. So, um, so how do you know when you're saying, doing, or believing the right thing? When you say and do and believe what Jesus says and doesn't believe. And if you go off on your own, then things are wobbly. So you have great boldness when you talk about what Jesus talks about. You have great boldness when you do what Jesus tells you to do. See, it's great. You're wobbly when you're off on your own because you're not very solid stuff. So, I'll praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Boldly, O God, I will sing psalms to you. Now look, he's already using stuff. He's using the liturgy, and the liturgy is always, if you're liturgy in the broad sense, which is he's using what the people of Israel have given him to use, these psalms or these liturgical bits or what this thing we all agree on, this hymn. I don't mean it in too narrow a sense. I just mean he's part of the people of Israel, so he says and sings what the people of Israel do. We'll praise you. Now, does your say then, in the midst of angels? Or in the midst of, yours would, yours would say in the midst of gods? Is that what it says, or before the face of gods? Before the gods. So, okay, so you can hear it that way. So you can have this as this bold confession, before the gods. So you'll stand up. But also you can think about it this way, before the angels. Now, here's the thing. Um, what do the angels do all day? They praise God. And have you ever noticed, um, you know what, if you just put your finger in the book, uh, where you are, Psalm 138, turn to Luke 22. Okay, so Matthew, Mark, Luke 22. So one thing is that they praise God. One thing is that they, they do is they do what the Lord gives them to do. <clears throat> but as you're moving, here's, what I'll, here's sort of what I'll say to you. You never pray alone. Now, why do you never pray alone? As lonely as you may feel, you never pray alone. Why is that? Because Jesus is praying with you. How do you know that? Where's the text for that? Anybody know? Where's the text that, that Jesus is always praying for you? What book of the Bible would you go for? Psalms is, a, Psalms is nice, but uh, you've got to be kind of sophisticated to see it in the Psalms because people say, well, that was before he was born. You're exactly right. Sorry. Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews is the great, he spends his time praying for you all day long, right? He's the great high priest, and he opens up the veil, but now you can come in too, and he sits next to the Father and whispers your name all day long. So you know that Jesus is always praying for you. Who else is praying for you all the time? The Holy Spirit is praying for you. We read that this morning. Well, no, no, we didn't read. We didn't read it. It's in the same chapter. With sighs too deep for words, the Holy Spirit is always praying for you. Keep going. Thank you very much. What's Sunday coming up? Anybody know? All Saints Days. Um, those people are all praying for you. How do you know that people in heaven are praying for you? Anybody got a text? It is the communion of saints. Um, now that's a liturgical text, which is pretty solid stuff. And we're, we'll run two things. We'll run two things in the bulletin this week that says that the saints are praying for you from our Lutheran confession. Sometimes. Sometimes people, sometimes Lutherans get a little nervous about this because I don't know what they think people do all day in heaven. But uh, in our confessions, it says, I mean, here, here's what's happening in heaven. It's like nonstop 24-7 church, but you have to hear church in the broadest possible sense. It's the joy of, of being around Christ. So church is constant Christ is constant church, which is constant life, which is let's have some fun in Eden. But it's very clear that they... Yeah, the people do get nervous about the saints as mediators, and when you use a saint as a mediator without Christ, you've gone wrong. Um, however, uh, I also say to you sometimes, pray for me. You know, and you often ask if we pray. In fact, we just did it upstairs. We just said, will you pray for me? Well, who should we pray for? We just pray for people. We, we do, saints do it all day long. They're doing that in heaven, too. It's in Revelation all over the place. Um, did we quote Revelation 6 this week? 
And there's even a place, there's even a place, uh, now I'd have, to, I'd have to work to find the text this morning, but um, there's a place where, and then people argue about whether you can see down, but there is a place in Revelation where it says the saints, help me out if I don't have this right, they sit under the altar, they look down at the terrors of the earth, and they pray to God, stop this, stop this. Did you use this in your text on Sunday? Uh, yeah, gosh, if you can point it to him, that's great. So, so just, just kind of turn to this. Because everybody kind of agrees that Jesus is praying. That's Hebrews. Everybody agrees that the Holy Spirit is praying. That's Romans. We get a little nervous about the saints, but um, gosh, we do it for each other all the time. And our life is perfected in Christ. It's Revelation 8, what? Revelation 8, 2 to 4. You got a microphone? I'm going to read it then, but if you have, just because I have a microphone, it'll go on the tape. But if, it's, if yours is better, um, then we'll, you can read yours too. So Revelation 8, uh, 2 to 4. Um, then I looked, and the seven angels that stand in the presence of God were given seven trumpets. Now, I'm not in the right place, am I? Then another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer, and he was given a great quantity of incense to offer. How about that? A lot of smoke. (laughs) With the prayers of God's people upon the golden altar in front of the throne. So they're praying. Okay, so we got that done. That's what they do. They pray And from the angel's hand, the smoke of the incense went up before God with the prayers of his people. Then the angel took the censer, filled with altar fire, and threw it down upon the earth. There were peals of thunder, lightning, and earthquake. Good, you got a better text? This one, this one, it actually says... Okay, good. Speak for the record, Yeah, then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Gotcha. And then, well, there's a, right, right. All right, so there's one here. Is that the one where it says, look at Revelation 6. <laughs> you want to be on record here? Oh, yeah, okay, good. That's what I was looking for. That's right. So look at Revelation 6, 9. Go ahead and read it because you might have a more literal translation. Yeah, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. So all the saints, they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? They have this sense of uh, them knowing exactly what's going on. So they've been slaughtered. They know people behind them are being slaughtered. And they sort of, they sort of beg the Lord, won't you um, come and stop him? Of course, by the end of Revelation, he stops it in a way that you know, no one could. Until the tally should be complete of all their brothers in Christ's service who were to be killed as they had been. Now, you know, I'll grant you it's Revelation, and that's kind of difficult to understand sometimes. And it is, of course, he starts by saying, I'm having a dream, and that's good because he tells you what kind of language. But dream language is not a nothing. It's a something. You have to, you have to do something with that. Um, and he gives you this very vivid picture of, of, of people praying. The point of all that is, uh, the only, uh, you know, I started way back when, just to suggest to you, you never pray alone. You never are alone. You never pray alone. And actually, I, believe it or not, I was starting by trying to go to Luke 22, and I, I, I passed you there, and I never, never got there which you'll remember is the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke 22, 42, 43, 44. Um, Jesus is at the Mount of Olives, and he tells his, his disciples that they should pray too, and he prays, Father, if it be your will, take this cup away from me, but then also, not my will, but yours be done. And then what happens? And now there appeared to him an angel from heaven bringing him strength, strength for his prayers. Right? Strength for his life. Strength for what he's going to say. Strength for what he's going to do. Strength for what he's going to believe. Right? And, this, and, and, in the ang- and in anguish of spirit, he prayed more urgently. So you have this interplay of the Holy Spirit praying for him and then his own spirit. So this is out of the depths of his heart, right? Which matches then perfectly the Father's will, strengthened by the angels, 
according to the grace of the Holy Spirit. And the sweat was like clots of blood falling to the ground. Okay? So you, know, you can kind of wring all this stuff together. Now, that's not a particularly happy story if you just sort of measure it by pain. But it's a very happy story if the Lord is going to die for us and to live for us again. So anyway, you, you kind of bundle all this stuff is bundled into these first couple of verses. I will pray. I will pray boldly. I'll pray. Choose your poison. In the presence of gods, that is, you're making this great apologetic, I believe, or in the presence of angels who are always with me. And frankly, then both are true, because if you, even if you pray in the presence of these gods or kings who are pagans, the angels are still there with you, and the saints are praying for you. So it's, you know, it's, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everything is working out together. We're only through verse 1. We're half an hour in. Beth, tough psalm. Way to go, right? right? So it's all there. I mean, that's all. You still you okay? That's only one verse, and all those bells are going off. Everybody okay? Keep going? Okay, so here we go. I will bow down. So now, you know, posture of prayer. There's several postures mentioned in the scriptures. Bowing, kneeling, opening your hands. There's several different postures, but they're all sort of meant to reflect what happens in your prayers. When you bow before somebody, you show reverence and respect. You say, you're the master and I'm the slave, or you're the greater and I'm the lesser. Or when you open your hands, you say, um, I don't really have anything. I'm kind of empty here. It's like kids opening their bag on Halloween. I got nothing cooking. So maybe you could help me out, see? Um, I'll bow down towards your holy temple. For thy love and faithfulness will praise thy name. For thou hast made thy promise wide as the heavens. Now just pause there. I Sometimes I feel like... Uh, I've said this a gazillion times to you, and then I think, I wonder, I don't know whether you'll remember, or I don't know whether you'll be bored. So either way, this is a dangerous little exercise. But um, let's, just, let's just play with two things. Let's play with temple and name, okay? So if you, um, I'm going to zip this off. If you think about the temple, okay, so kind of, if you just sort of free associate, although if you would, in a very linear way, since I'm both male and, you know, old and analytic, it would help me. If you can engage your feminine sides and just sort of say, well, man, you are, I'm loving you. Did I say it? Do I need to say I love you a few more times? Maybe I should just, do you, do you want me to open up? <laughs> All right, here we go. Come on now. Um, so I just want you to think about these two things, because when, when these, there are certain words in Scripture that uh, when you hear them, they're code word for everything else. Like if you say United States of America, if I say that to Maddie who requested prayers this morning and has a kid, where is he now? Where is that boy? He's in Guam. Do we know? We're, st we're still tracing him upstairs by where he uses his charge card. That's how we keep an eye on him. So I mean, that's what kids don't realize. You give them a charge card and they think this is great. It's really a tracking device. It's a paper trail, that's exactly right. So sometimes we say about Johnny, oh, good man, send her flowers home to his mom. And then sometimes we go, hey, maybe we should call him. So uh, he's our kid, though, so we like him, okay. So if you think about temple, what are, what are the other words that come to mind when you think about temple? Think as broadly as you possibly can. Oh, way to go to the hard stuff first. Good job, Okay. So, our, oh, this is going to be fun now. Now I have hope again. So it's the Ark of the Covenant. What else do you think about when you hear temple? Thank you so much. That's brilliantly done. Okay, good. So uh, our bodies, good. What else do you think about? Thank you very much. Okay, good. So then we got to, we've got to do Christ. Good. Oh, you're bumming me out. Destruction. I'm going to just put that down here, acknowledging it, and then recognizing that it goes with nothing else I'm talking about. But I'm just, I just, but I want to be open to you, Carol. So, okay, so, uh, come on, give me some more now. You're very, I mean, you get, you did all the hard ones first. What else have you got? Church is good. Okay, so we probably, church has probably got to be, uh, oh, that was good. And then, uh, let's see now, I got to, I'm trying to kind of organize. It must be Christ who guarantees his church. So that better go there. And then somebody else is something else. Who said that? Thank you. Okay, so uh, dwell, dwells, to dwell. Or what was another way? How do we talk about it? 
How, how else do you talk about that? It's exactly right. That's the very biblical way to talk. How else would you talk about that? Uh, oh, th- yeah, thank you very much. So now you need the tabernacle. Good. Oh, now you're getting close. Okay, now. Oh, good. Oh, oh yes, thank you so much. So you got you to do cloud, and then what else do you have to do? Yeah, because you get 24 hours in a day. So cloud and fire and sacrifice. Oh, boy, this is actually, I didn't get this much stuff on my own. So sacrifice, good. What else have you got? Okay, give me a hint. Let me, let me give you a hint here. Pastor David, that's the word. Holy? Would you think of gaining? you think holy? Oh, you said it before I gave you the hint. Okay, good. Yeah, actually, uh, actually I'm going to go. <laughs> I, come on, man. Hey, listen, sometimes, sometimes I, I got to use whatever I got. I just got to use whatever, because, but this is the, but of course, that is true, of course. Come on here. <laughs> come on, come on now. Okay, good, okay. Yeah, I know, well, whatever, you know. You should hear what people say about me. All right, so, uh, all right, good, good, good. Um, anything we're missing? Yeah, I got a good temple here in my father's house. I was going to put presents here. And if you start with presents there, then you have to start back presents here. And so the holy presence was first what? Come on now. This is like falling off a log. First place where God was present? To us? Eden. Good, thank you. And of course, then the story ends in Eden, too. Now, honestly, when you hear temple, all these bells should go off because all the... Here's the thing, and if if you're in a good mood, we'll put the burning bush in, too, okay? So here's the thing. All scripture is, is trying to tell you where God is. So you're in Eden, right? He's in Eden. Then, you know, that doesn't go so well, so he puts himself in the burning bush. Then he puts himself in the ark, and you know he's home because the lights are on. And uh, so he puts himself in the tabernacle, and then Mary becomes the ark and the tabernacle. What do you put in the tabernacle? Jesus. What? You got Catholic friends? They have a tabernacle. I'm not making any theological deal here. I'm just saying, you know they have a tabernacle. What do they put in the tabernacle? Jesus, the body and blood. And how do you know that Jesus is home in the tabernacle? They put a light on. So if you see a tabernacle and there's a light or a candle next to it, it means he's home, which then imitates the tabernacle in the Old Testament. And then, of course, the angel comes to Mary and she says, "Ah, you're the new ark, you're the new tabernacle, you're the new location. This is all about location. So you're the new location. And then Christ is, how do you know Christ is the temple? How do you know he's the temple? Because he tells you. Where does he tell you? Yeah, beginning of John. What's he say? Good. Brilliantly done. That's good fear. The word came in tabernacle. I thought you were going somewhere else, and the answer's also in John there. Yeah. He said, destroy this temple, and it'll be raised up in three days. And then he says, and then it says, the temple he was talking about was the temple of his body, right? That's in John, is it John 6? You were going so well, I thought she's going to give me the chapter too. You know, I do the same thing, which is, when you drive, do you drive, do you drive by signs or do you drive by, drive by sight? Like if I said, how do I get to the Chinese restaurant downtown? I'd say, go down the Dairy Queen and turn right. What would you, and I don't even know the name of that street. Give me up open to you, Kirby. Every Friday I come down here and great. This is like a vulnerability lesson for me. How are you with GPSs? You like the GPS? I love the GPS. I do whatever it says again and again and again. It doesn't matter if it's wrong, it's taking you somewhere. It's great. What did you say? Into a pond? Is that what you said? Yes, that's true. That's right. Exactly. It's my own fault. I didn't do what they said. 
They said, upgrade your machine for $79. Buy the new Mac. Did I buy? No, I didn't buy it. So you know what? If I go in the pond, it's on me because I didn't believe, do, and say what the GPS told me to do. They've said, they, every year they said, update your maps. They may not be accurate. I'm like, hey, roll the dice. Could work out. All right, so Christ, and then Christ puts himself in the church, baptism, body, blood, absolution. And then the great, see, isn't this great then? Not just that he's in the church. Look at old Karen. What's the best thing to say about Karen? Don't you know, how's the text go, 1 Corinthians 3 or 6? 3, 16, 17? Don't you people have to do memory work? No, you're children of the 60s. You didn't have to do any memory work, did you? Don't you know? That, yes, we did. Look at that. Look at that. You know what? It's like you had a nun, isn't it? Come on, think about it. Don't you know that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Don't you know you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? Ah, Jesus is a temple. You're a temple. Mary's a temple, right? And then... Um, the whole point is, where does Jesus dwell? And someday, read Revelation, where you don't need the temple anymore. There's neither night uh, nor day because the Lord is bright in glory all the time, right? Isn't that great? Now, when you read the Psalms, this, you should, this would just happen to you. When you hear that, you should just, if you hear any of these words, you should just fill in the rest because they're all the same. They're all connected. It's just, you're just looking for them. Go ahead. Go ahead, you can. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Okay, good. Uh, and where would we... Yes, it is, it is actually, it is, it is resurrection. Two R's and resurrection. I once had a friend who turned a sermon and misspelled this in his sermon. So the professor wrote back, this is an embarrassing word for a pastor to misspell. <laughs> Two R's and resurrection. You were going to say? Thank you very much. Uh, I was actually, it was in condescension to what we know. Yeah, he was before Eden. Um, but we just didn't know about it, <laughs> right? So he's going, you know, partly our problem is we write history as our history, right? So, you know, our history starts to start with Eden, but of course you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. No, you, no, that's exactly, exactly right. Um, you know, I don't want to be boringly theological, but uh, here's a weird thing. Um, we'll do this really quickly. We'll do the main part. If I tell you name, what do you think about? What do you hear? God, good. Then what do you hear? Yes, that's right. That's the, that was the all the names together. So that's the plural bit. So for all the names. Which commandment have you got going for name? Second, good. So the second word is all about the name. Now the big noise. If you have the name, what have you got? You got the presence. Thank you very much. So if you have the name, you have the presence. And then the presence ends up again in Eden. And of course you put these two things together and then you get baptism. Because how do you know that he's your God? He puts his name on you in baptism, and that restores you to Eden. So if we took some time, we could run this list out the same way. But when you think about name, you also think about presence, you also think about Eden, and then you also have to think about <coughs> the great um, Reformation Sunday last week. The great theme is, for me, it's not about somebody else. So now this begins to answer um, the very good question from Beth at the beginning why anybody could ever say, I pray boldly. And the reason is, I say bold things because Jesus gave me bold things to say. I do bold things because Jesus gave me bold things to do. Now, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything you do, which is kind of flashy, is bold. Bold here has a technical meaning of doing what Jesus gives you to do. Praying has a technical meaning of saying what Jesus gives you to say. Faith has a technical meaning, believing what Jesus gives you to believe. But it's all about Jesus. That's why for Lutherans, the center of everything is Christ. Right? This is the center, and everything else um, comes out from that. If you get Christ right, you'll get everything else right. When anything goes wrong in a church, it's because you don't have Christ right. So all the heresies of the church are in the end Christological 
Pharisees, all the mistakes we make with each other are mistakes because we failed to see, to see Christ in each other or to speak as if we were speaking to Christ. That's why, you know, the body of Christ, amen. I can't see you. I see you through the host. At that point, I only want to see you through the host, the body of Christ. Amen. I'll see, and you say back to me, I'll see you through the host too. Amen. So that's, that's all about forgiveness. How you doing? Still okay? Is it hot in here? It is? It's October. It's 90 degrees. <laughs> it's great. Is it really? Go home and rake. <sighs> it's too hot. Good answer. It's too hot to rake. Good. Tell Doug that when he comes home tonight. Okay, good. Okay. So now, now, now we can kind of pray the rest of it, okay? So one of the things you have to see about the Psalms is how, how full they are, and they sort of lay the ground rules. So, so now, okay, I will praise you, but you have to kind of say, but not because I'm a big deal, but because you chose me, and you're my, oh, we didn't even do, actually, the, 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 the divine name, which we should have done here. This is, you know this, but just, just so it's important to re- remember, when you see it in all capitals, what does that mean? What, what, what name is that? That's Yahweh, which you, even some Christians repent of saying. So you'd want to be very careful with the divine name. Uh, but that is, and, the, and each name, you know, they overlap, of course, but there are specific things in each name. And in the Yahweh name, what's the specific thing that happens? What do you pull out of the Yahweh name? For example, Christ is the Messiah. Christ means the, the one who got anointed. So they, this is my beloved son. It is. But the Yahweh name, what's he doing when Yahweh comes up, you know? You know this. Well, if you're not, then after today you'll know. Yahweh is when he's making a covenant, right? So when he makes a covenant with folks, which is another a snappy way of saying when he makes his promises. So, you know what, I'm going to come and get you out of Egypt to Moses. Or, Abraham, you know what, you're an old man and your wife, you know, hasn't had any kids yet, but we're going to fix that right up, See? So this is, a, this, is the, this is the promising name, or this is the covenanting name. Um, this is the biggest of the big deal name, because it says, this is the name he uses when he says, you're all mine, and I'm going to treat you really well. Just think about Moses, for example. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you heirs. I'm going to give you um, a lineage. I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going I'm to make your people. I'm going to be your God. This is going to be fantastic. So if you, if you read this in your prayers, I will praise you, I will praise thee, actually, it's the reverential form in English, I will praise you, I'll confess you, I, I, will, I will listen to your promises, I'll, I'll do what you've given me to do, I'll praise you, O Lord, the one who makes covenants, the one who loves me, the one who baptizes me, the one who gives body and blood to me, with all my heart, this is full blast, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to line up everything I've got here, so... I'm not arguing with you. I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm saying what you're saying, doing what you do. I, I mean, that's all just in the, that's all in one, all in one sentence. I'll do that. Boldly, oh God, I'll sing, sing psalms with you, just like the angels, right? So the reason for my boldness is not because I'm bold, but because the angels are saying it and the saints are doing it. And, you know, all saints are saying, come on, let's get this finished up. Let's get the business done. Let's everybody come home back to Eden. That's all in the first verse. So you're praying with the saints. You're never alone. He loves you. He's your God. The angels are all around you. They'll come to help you when you're troubled. I'll bow down towards your holy temple. Why do you do that? Because in the temple is Christ himself. He's in the temple and he's about his father's business. All those stories kind of coalesce. He is the temple and he works in the temple and he draws you to the temple and he gives gifts in the temple. For your love, how could he love you more than to resurrect and give you everlasting life? And faithfulness. He's faithful to us. On the Sabbath day, you rest and he works. He comes to you and gives you his gifts. That's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. I will praise your name. And when you praise his name, you're praising him who is present, who is waiting in Eden, and always for you and never against you. I'll praise your name. For you have made your promise wide as the heavens. Okay, free association. When you hear... Knowing all of that, when he says, you've made your promise wide as the heavens, what do you think about? I immediately had an image. I don't know that you will, but I immediately... So if you think of that, so you made your promise as wide as the heavens, what do you think about? Good? Space? You can think about whatever you want, but, but what, what do you think of? Yeah, it's limitless. Yeah, da, da, da. What else do you think? Anything? Uh, 
Yeah, the rainbow actually is very nice. And, I, you know, you have to always remember, um, one of the coolest things about the rainbow is not the colors, but um, you're down here, and the rainbow's like this. And if you were going to use it, you'd shoot the arrow that way. One of the coolest things about the rainbow is the arrow isn't aimed at you anymore. Isn't that great? Goes the other way. Whoop, here's the rainbow. If you're going to have a bow, if he shoots it, it falls harmless up here. Isn't that great? You're down here. Everything is warm, safe, and dry. Good. What else do you think? As far as the Easter on the west, good, so you ring in the repentance. You know what I thought of? Christmas. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. The angels still, look at this. You've made your promises wide as the heavens. When they look up at Christmas, what do they see? They see the angels who have been praying, who have been hoping, who have been waiting. Not even the angels get to see these things. You remember when Jesus says that? So now, I mean, I unabashedly read this in a Christological way, but, I mean, he's saying the presence, the promise, the gift is as wide as the heavens. So what do the angels do? They fill the heavens. The shepherds look up, and they say, go to Mary, go to the manger, go to Bethlehem. This is great. Okay, and then what happens? When I called you, you answered me. And you made me bold and valiant. I mean, this isn't the same as it works for people. If I love you, if I speak well to you, if I do things for you, if I figure out what your language of love is. Hey, this is frightening for you all. Gaining and I have been asked to do another marriage seminar. I know, that's always the first reaction of us, too. Here's the thing. I know you don't believe it, but this has got to be no honor for a prophet in his own country. This is biblical prophecy fulfilled. No matter what you think about us, no matter what you think about us, people are like, hey, could you do that again, bigger this time? And of course, Kirby, of course, we'll need to practice a little bit. I got some new lines I want to try. Got some tips. I got some tips. I'll be willing to take tips from any of you, but, you know, you have to kind of remember we're kind of experts now because we've done this once. <laughs> you probably don't find this as humorous as we do, but we actually just, oh, yes, right. We're going to, so it will be like a brand, it'll be a brand new experience, yeah, won't it? <laughs> no, I tried to, I tried to get you to come last time. I just couldn't work it out. You think if we fight in the car all the way there, people will be able to tell that? Turn off that GPS. <laughs> you never know what could happen, I, you know. Okay, here's the thing. Blessed are those who have ears to hear. <laughs> I just have to keep going. Okay, so uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously on this. Huh? I, I, I'm just talking about, well, forget it. Here's, there's, no, there's, no point in, there's no point in going on. If it, I'll just come back another day. So when we called, you answered, you made me bold, you made me valiant-hearted. You did this to me. You loved me in such a way that you made me strong. I mean, we can, I mean, the, the lesson shouldn't be lost to me. We can make each other strong by how we care for each other. We can make each other weak, too. We can beat each other down and blah, blah, blah. But we can make each other strong in the way of what Jesus says and does and is, okay? Now, let all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord. Do you see how he's kind of lifted up his eyes? Now, if you wanted to read this as, as God's in the first thing, you come back and you can pick it up again here. You said, so they're there. And so you're praying for the salvation of other folks. Now you're praying for Acts. This is, you know, this is the beginning of Acts. Let everybody come praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words that you've spoken. This is Pentecost, right? So you, you always have in the church, what does Jesus say to do? Go make disciples. So it can never just be about you and your own prayers. It's always about, you know, churching the world. It's about gathering everybody home. It's about everybody being home in Eden, right? Let them sing of the Lord's ways. So now you're drawing them in. Maddie, okay? You okay? All right, so you're, you're drawing them in too. See, everybody gets to come home. God wants all his people at the Eucharist. For great is the glory of God. And now glory is too. You've got to read these as technical words. But glory, do you remember what glory is? It is holiness. It's a particular kind of holiness. Ah, that's a better answer than I had. Yeah, visible is fun. Great. Yeah, it's when the it's when the holiness of heaven drops down to earth. Okay, and it's regularly visible. So this is holiness. Both of the this is holiness, the cloud, this is holiness, the fire. This is holiness. This is holiness inside Mary. 
That's why the church can be talked about as holy. So the glory of God, glory is a technical word. It's when heaven comes to earth, and then heaven comes, the transfiguration. When heaven comes to earth, it's overwhelming. So you, you think in that way. For great is the glory of God. For the Lord, the covenant maker, Yahweh, high as he is. Now, you want to know? You want to know what's best about this particular God? In every other religion, God is up top. God is up top here, and everybody's trying to do this. So they're working like crazy to go that direction. The difference in Christianity is, gosh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, come down in the person of Christ to who? The last, the little, the least, the lost, and the dead. This is great. This is the difference between Christianity and everybody else. In every other religion, you've got to get your way up there. So on your Sabbath, in every other religion, you work really hard, hoping to make yourself acceptable to God. In Christianity, third commandment, rest on the Sabbath day. You rest and God work. And his ultimate work is Christ in Mary, in the manger, in the Eucharist. So, and that's his glory. That's why at Transfiguration, when they see in full face just for a moment, the thing takes, it just, ah, it undoes them. Right? For the Lord high as he is, cares for the lowly. And from afar, he humbles the proud. So just, if you're the lowly, you'll have him. You'll say what he says, do what he does, believe what he believes. If you're proud, and this is how you can tell it, you won't say what he says. You say, uh-uh, I won't do that. Love one another. Nope, I can't love that person. Be generous. Nope, I won't be generous. See? You can, you can tell what pri- pride is. Pride is anti-Yahweh. Pride is, I'm smarter than you are, God. I'll do something, say something, believe something other than you tell me. And those people in the end will get humbled, and they get humbled primarily by being left aside. The Lord keeps moving. He's moving to Eden. He wants everybody back. Though I walk among my foes, thou dost preserve my life. Think of the saints under the altar, okay? It's all going to be okay. I mean, they're actually saying, let those people get killed so they can get up here. Let's just finish it out. I've had enough. Just finish it out. Kill them and let's move on because they're going to end up under the altar, which is the best place to be. Though I walk among my foes, you preserve my life, exerting your power against the rage of my enemies. So here's the thing. Your enemies are going to get some time to rage, but God help them when God comes to rage back against them. If you're on the wrong side of that argument, that's a really bad place to be. And with your right hand, you save me. But you can only expect that if you live in faith. If you say what the Lord says, do what the Lord does, and believe what the Lord believes, not because your works save you, but because the Lord has gathered you into his temple, into his people, into his tabernacle. He's pulled you in, and if you insist on living out here, well, then you're on your flipping own. Then you're on your own. If you insist on living that way, you're on your own. You know? That's just, that's hell. Being on your own is hell, literally. But the reality is, this is Romans 6, baptism and everything else, it's you and Christ here. I mean, everybody's here kneeling down toward the temple, which isn't Christ. That's, this is the whole, the whole baptism thing, Romans 6. That's what Romans 6 is all about. You get moved inside. So we can talk about good works, not because there are good works and they save us, but because he gives us good works to do. If Jesus loves the lowly, if Jesus takes flesh in order to come to the humble, then you who are Jesus, incorporated into his body, should be humble, should go to the humble as well, go to the poor as well, be generous as well, tell the truth as well, forgive as well, be reconciled as well. Everything Jesus does, you do because he's incorporated you into his body. This isn't talking about justifying yourself by good works. This is talking about living the sanctified life. The Lord will accomplish his purpose for me. And you have to read that. His purpose, it doesn't mean that he'll make you an accountant. It means his purpose for you is to live with you in Eden. This is his purpose. His purpose is to get to the end of the line. We heard that in Revelation. The purpose is to get all the saints back under the altar. That's the purpose. His purpose is to save you. He doesn't care if you drive a train. He doesn't care if you're president of the United States. And he hasn't chalked out a line for you. His purpose is to get you back here 
in between have fun and be faithful, and he'll stand by you, okay? The Lord will accomplish his purpose for me. Thy true love, O Lord, endures forever. So love is ultimately expressed in Christ. Love is action in the scripture, not emotion. Emotion is too thin. In the scriptures, love is a verb. It's an action. It's a doing. I know there are five languages of love, <coughs> at least. Uh, but the Lord's language of love is acts of service. Oh, I thought that was the Lord's. Well, it must be the Lord's. <laughs> uh, to be continued later. So, um, leave not your work unfinished. Now, Beth, I wonder if we can pull all, that was one thing you came back to, but we can pull it all the way back around, which is that prayer is the same prayer. I would just suggest that's the same prayer as the saints in heaven are praying. Let's get this thing done. Let's get everybody home again. He just wants you home. I mean, the saints are praying for you, saying, could you just bring this group up as soon as possible? We're lonesome for them, and besides that, they suffer, and we'd hate to see that. We don't like to see anybody suffer. In the church, you never want people to suffer. You don't want your worst enemy to suffer. Feining's great statement, um, I've been puzzling over for months, where he says, you have no enemies, which means to say if you identify somebody in the world, anybody else in the world as your enemy, you're outside Christ, because Christ has no enemies. Very, I mean, that's a very, there's a lot going on in that statement. No man is my enemy, is the way he said it. Very interesting. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good, yes. And then what Jesus is saying. Because I think, well, here's, th- here's, here's how I'm trying to work it out. When you have an enemy, what's your natural reflex towards your enemy? What do you want, in a word? Good, to destroy him. Revenge, yeah. So basically, or avoid them, but, but even often more. And, but avoiding people is a way of destroying them because you leave them alone and unloved, right? So I, if you can say revenge, I, just, I think what Jesus mean, means is, and I think what John means too is, um, when he says no man is my enemy, he means you wish destruction on no one. So Because here's the thing, what does Christ want? He wants this for every last person. He's trying to move every last person down the line, right? There's nobody he doesn't love. But nobody he doesn't want home. So if you start deciding or I start deciding, hey, I don't love you or I don't want you home or I wish ill for you, I want you to be destroyed. And you can destroy people in many ways. You can destroy them physically. You can destroy them verbally. You can destroy them mentally. You can destroy them financially. You can destroy people. If there's anybody you want to destroy, that's antichrist, right? Because his whole purpose is to move things down the line. That's his job. That's what he wants. That's why he came. That's why he's got flesh. Isn't that great? So to live the Christian life is to live the Christological life, which is to live the incarnational life, which is to live the life of love where love is described as living in the glory of God or living in holiness, and it's action, and it's not just chatter. The Lord doesn't just chatter. He takes flesh and blood. So your love takes flesh and blood too. How you doing, okay? So thanks very much for that, Beth. Okay? Um... All right, anything else? We're at time. Next time around, um, Jeanette, you gave me two. You gave me Psalm 143, which I have ready to go. And also, do you remember the other one? Did you give me 106, 103? Pastor, do you, do you have another one uh, prepared right now? Because I've got 143 done, but to let you go next week, should we aim at 103? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do 103 to start. And, you know, this is always, we try to always keep one in the bullpen in case if we get finished, we, you know, tend not to, which is okay. Fat chance. <laughs> Here's the thing. When, you, I, when I'm sitting at my office, I'm always thinking to myself, I don't have enough stuff ready to go. I don't know what we're going to talk about for an hour, but somehow it tends to work out. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that can happen. But uh, here's the thing. It's so exciting, though. If you, get, if you get the first verse or two gets set up, the rest of it just kind of... Just like it's like dominoes falling. And, but to read it, you just have to read all the things that are in there. When you start to read, it's like reading code, you know? This is just like. I know, it's just, there's so much going on.
It's just there's so much going on. Um, you know, and you can you know what if you get, have a couple of questions, uh, this is all. I mean, we're not going. I mean, we we try to kind of get through, but if we don't get through, if you've got questions about this, if you you can bring that next time, we can talk at the beginning next time. We don't have a, a schedule. This is just kind of for fun. Okay, so we'll do 103. Kind of a we'll go we'll sort of go 103 to 143. Is that right? So if you want to pre pre prepare in any way, one, 103 to 143, and then um, off we go. Okay, let's pray, and then you're free. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks very much. Um, see you next week.